Welcome to The Coaching Question. This is the podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how and when to use it, and really, what is it all about? Join me, Sarah Turner, and my colleague, Gregor Finley, two executive coaches for an honest conversation. In today's episode, we ask the question, why is a chemistry session important and what might one look like? So Gregor, let's kick this off by actually just getting clear on what we mean by a chemistry session. A chemistry session is a meeting, and now an online meeting, between a coach and a coachee to check if they have chemistry. And what that means is it's a chance for clients to ask questions, get comfortable with a coach, for the coach to get comfortable with the coachee, to establish if the coach has the right competency to fit their need, and really if there can be trust. I mean, that's what a chemistry session is to me in short form. How about you? Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. It's really just that opportunity to bring those two individuals together and to check in on, you know, is this going to work? Can I work with you? And can you work with me? I thought it would be interesting to think, how did they come about? Yes. And when we were talking about this in preparation for today's episode, I think you you kind of came up with a number of different ways in which they might arise, particularly within organisations, which is generally speaking, where we would be working. My experience is when there is a coaching company selling to the other relationship with the client company, when a need is presented, there will be a director of coaching or somebody within the organization who will take a brief from HR, may very well talk to the potential coachee themselves, even the potential coachee's boss, and get a brief. Mm-hmm. And from that brief, they will give a selection of two to three coaches that they think will be a good fit for the need and the type of person that coachee is. Um, and they will, they will have good knowledge of the coaches and their stable, so to speak. Yep. And then if there isn't a company there, other companies sort of have a stable of coaches that they work with. And then for it's, it's just very internally, there's an internal brief and someone in the HR function will be saying, oh, I think it's this person and this person that we should put forward. Yeah. And generally people have two to three chemistry sessions. Yes, and I would always encourage that. So as we were talking about before, I have a, a relationship with an organisation where I tend to get the, quite a lot of their coaching assignments. And so someone might come to me as the kind of the preferred coach, quote unquote, and I'll always encourage them to speak to one or two other coaches just so that they get a feel for each of us and find the right partner for them. Yeah, I think if a coach isn't doing that, I'm not sure if they're being truly responsible. Mm. I was looking to try and find the data because it's from years ago, but I know there was a piece of research that showed that no matter what the style of coaching, the model being used, etc., what really came down to being the most important factor was the relationship between the coach and the coachee. Yeah. Could there be a trusting relationship between those two? And that's the most important thing. So. Yeah, I always want to have chemistries. I don't want to work with someone if I'm not the right coach. No, absolutely. And actually, I guess it's like any kind of relationship. It needs to feel that it's something that's created together because we're doing that work together. And so it needs to feel equal. It needs to feel trusted. It needs to feel safe. But it also needs to feel like it's got the right level of challenge for that client, depending on what it is they're wanting to achieve. And that's 
that that fit, that chemistry is not going to be right for everybody. Yeah, I think it might, it might be good to demonstrate sort of you know, when when would a coach say no? Mm. When have you said no? So I've I've said no when I've had a potential client come to me and when we've explored what they're wanting to achieve from the coaching, it's not been the right fit in terms of the kind of work that I do. But it's where you have that almost blurred line between being a coach and being a mentor. So one example that comes to mind is someone who really was thinking about their career and looking for some advice and some guidance um, and some direction in terms of where he should be going next. And I said on that occasion, I don't think that this is going to be the right partnership to support you on that journey. I'd really encourage you to find some other coaches who have that kind of approach. Yeah. And for, for me, I've had similar, I, you know, somebody's really wanted a very specialised career coach or um, stage presentation work mm. or something. I've not been the right fit from a competency perspective. Mm. The other thing is I remember having chemistry sit down with, a, you know, a reasonably senior woman within a, a financial company and things were going really well. You know, I thought this, this is good. I, I It's a good match between my experience and her experience. I knew the organisation. I knew the system. And then something happened with her eyes. And it was just like I was with the, you know, how sh- sharks have those dead eyes. Mm-hmm. It was just as if there wasn't really anybody there. And then this charming person came back and I just had this visceral reaction. I did not want to work with this woman. And and that was pure chemistry. Mm. You know, so I think you know some people think chemistry session isn't really a good description, but I think it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It is actually perfect. Yes. And I think you and I both had experience of where we perhaps have learned from not really listening to our guts. So when you have, as you said, use that word visceral reaction, and you thought, no, no, I'm sure this will be fine. I'd, you know, this, this client sounds interesting or I'd really quite like to work on this, this topic with them. And then you get into the coaching and then you realise actually that initial response, that initial gut reaction was right and that this isn't going to work out in quite the way that you had anticipated. It's much harder to stop the coaching further through the programme than it is to step away right at the beginning. Yeah, and I think nearly every coach will have had those experiences One of the things that's interesting, none of the professional bodies give guidance on chemistries. Years since I've trained, but I'm not sure if anybody gives training in how to do a chemistry session. No, I haven't heard of anything myself. And actually, what I was just thinking about then is that point about saying no and walking away. I think that takes a level of experience and confidence and maturity as a coach to do that. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think basically you have to you have to get bloody knees you, you need to, you need to fall it down a couple of times and to discover that I mean, you really have to trust your gut um, and, yeah. and go with that i think that's another thing that you have to realize that sometimes you're meeting somebody who's had no experience of coaching at all and they may be quite nervous uh, quite cautious and this is their opportunity to ask questions but they might not know what questions to ask. Yeah, I've had that before. And actually, I think that's where we can play a really key role in, and this isn't a trial coaching session, but in just the questions that we offer to help them with their thinking, help the thinker do their thinking, they experience a little bit of what coaching is like. So we kind of bring a bit of coaching into that chemistry session, which enables them to experience us a little bit as a coach too, without actually formally doing coaching. Yeah, I think we'll get on to some of those good questions that we use. I generally want to make sure we're creating that safe container and 
we have to talk about yeah. confidentiality because people need to know what does confidentiality really mean and some people can be quite nervous about if i share stuff with you is it going to get back to my boss is it going yeah. to get back to hr so we really have to talk about boundaries I certainly ask permission. I, I, you know, there's permission to challenge, permission mm-hmm. to support, permission to just reflect my experience of them in the moment because they're not going to yeah. get that from anyone else. But we're starting to contract, but we're not really getting into contracting. But we need to do enough to create a safe container so we can have a decent conversation. And I think what that speaks to is, you know, sometimes you'll have a client coming into a chemistry session because their boss has suggested they have some coaching or HR has suggested they have some coaching. And so then they, it might not be 100% voluntary. And so that can bring about an air of anxiety and a feeling of vulnerability of, well, I, I kind of, I'm here because I've it's been suggested to me that I should be here. That is something when that comes up that we really need to, it speaks to the confidentiality point that you've just raised because, you know, is my boss going to have a feedback? Is my HR team having a feedback on how we'd, how we'd go today? But also it speaks to their level of commitment to the coaching. One of my favourite chemistry coaching questions near the start is what brought you to this meeting? Yeah. So that gives them the opportunity to say, well, I was sent. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm I'm here because of this, and we can really get, and we can start signposting the process. And nearly every chemistry session I've ever had, people want to know what's your coaching style and what's the process, so we can start to signpost. We would have multi-stakeholder contracting. We would have a meeting with the boss and contract that whatever goals we come up between the two of us are aligned with what the organisation wants. we're not going to do that contracting there, but we signpost it for them. Yes. So what we're really talking about here, Gregor, is almost running through typically what we might cover in a chemistry session. So we've covered the confidentiality point. We've talked a little bit about contracting and we've talked a bit about what has brought them to the coaching in the first place so that we can get a feel for whether it's 100% voluntary or not. Where would you go next? I said I was, this is your opportunity to ask questions mm-hmm. and to get to know me and for me to get to know you. So mm-hmm. you, clearly you said that at the start. Nearly everybody, as I said, asks, what's your coaching style, which I always think, well, you know, how long's a piece of string? Mm-hmm. You know, it does depend on, on the needs. So you have to have something ready, not too long, that outlines how you work with people, yeah. what the process is likely to look like. So I will give a shape of, I mean, I find myself saying that HR really like a program, so they like to know that it's six sessions over six months. Mm-hmm. And, the, and people want to know how regularly do you have sessions, etc. Yeah. And for some programs, that there is that fixed session, but it's like, well, the organization needs a certain amount of certainty, but we will co-design the process. Yeah. And um, so we may not do it six sessions over six months. We might do it over nine months, but, you know, as far as the organization is concerned, it's six sessions over six months. And, and what I like to do is we're starting to think about getting into the nitty gritty of what is this work that we need to do together is to start with the end in mind. And so this is a, a lovely kind of open question, but it's that idea of 
pose, posing the question of, you know, so if we were to work together and it's six months down the line or 12 months down the line, depending on what has been agreed, and it's been really useful and successful for you, how would you know? And what would you be feeling that would confirm to you that this journey has been really worthwhile? Yeah, that thing about what will other people notice about you. And I think having just a few really good coaching questions that are getting to what's it all about, what are the real goals for them, what does success look like, really helps us know are we the right coach to be here. Yes. And allows us to start zoning in on, okay, this is what this person, this individual wants to get out of this relationship. And then we can build something you know, around that. And that allows them to feel safe and for us to know we're in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it also just talks, it kind of signposts the fact that we're going to be going on a journey together and that it is going to be work. So, you know, we're thinking about where are we trying to get to? What is this journey? And how will other people experience us as a result of this journey? And I think that's a really, really powerful place to start. And for people who haven't had coaching before, who are new to it, again, it gives them that taste of, oh, okay, it's these kinds of questions you're going to ask me. Yeah, I I just remembered a bunch of us coaches got together um, once just to talk about chemistry sessions because we'd never done it before. And I will often share war stories in a chemistry session so that people get an idea of what may have happened with other coaches, you know, the sort of things that happen in a coaching relationship. And I was surprised that three out of the four other coaches I was talking with, they never shared war stories. I mean, clearly, you know, I'm respecting confidentiality, but I'm able you know you're able to give stories about well this sort of engagement was about this and this sort of thing happened and that was effective for these reasons but this sort of engagement it was about something really different and it was this sort of learning style the person had so that was effective but we'll tune into what works for you so i think war stories but short examples can really help things become concrete it just helps to illustrate, doesn't it, the yeah. sorts of the, the sorts of the, the kind of work that we could be doing together. And I think the important thing here also is that the focus of the chemistry session is on the client. It's you know I don't want to use up this valuable time telling them all about me and my background and my qualifications because you know they can read my bio and I can send that to them separately if they haven't already received it. It's about them. It's about exploring what is it they're wanting to achieve and how can we do that work together. Well, I think this is a good point to actually talk about John Whittington's model. Yep. Because that the coaching question you gave is is illustrated as part of his model and he uses an acronym STANS, which we'll put in the show notes. Wonderfully, he's given a free web, free resource for everybody around chemistry sessions. It's free on the web. Do you want to take people through that STANS model and what it stands for? Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I really love about this is because John, he does work in the space of constellations um, and systemic work, which we've done a previous podcast on and I've done some work with John and I'm continuing to do some training with him. And one of the things I love about his approach to chemistry sessions is it has that systemic feel. So he he has this model stance. So um, the S is about, you know, start with the end in mind, which is that question that I've just shared. So thinking about if we were to work together, how would we know if we've been successful? So then... The next element, T, is about taking in the whole system. So John has a systemic approach. That's kind of his key way of working. And this is really about thinking about where the client sees themselves within their organisational system. I want to know all about this person. I want to know the who they are as a person. Mm. So, yeah, we might look at the organisational system, but I want to know, are they married? Are they single? Have they got children? How old the children are? Do they have pets? 
I actually, if we've got time, I want to know what were they really into as a teenager? Mm -hmm. Because that tells me what they might be passionate about. Are they really sporty? Are they really competitive? Actually, they were going to be a concert level musician, but now they, they you know, they practice the violin. It is, it's who they are as a human being. So it, it's important to take in the whole, when he, when he says taking the whole system, I love to investigate and find out as much as I can as the whole system, because it makes a huge impact of what you can do. And I think it really helps as well to illustrate the fact that we're genuinely interested. You know, we want to we want to get to know this person sitting in front of us. We want to know everything about them in the sense of, you know, how can we how can we best work together, really? And I think I would want to, if I was a client, I'd want my, my coach to, to want to know, get to know me in that way. Okay, so we've done S, T, and then A is acknowledge what is. And so this kind of speaks to the point I made earlier about if someone isn't 100% voluntarily coming to coaching, then they may not be feeling entirely comfortable. There may be an element of anxiety or a feeling of vulnerability. So it's really just about asking them, how are they feeling? Um, you know, how, how have you been feeling? What have you been thinking about? And they've run up to us having this this conversation today. And that can just be really powerful because it helps to relieve any of the inevitable tension that they might be experiencing. And so that's what John means by acknowledge what is. I love the next one because he's got a story because the next one is not about you. But what's John's story there? Well, he just says that, you know, actually it's not about sitting there and telling you the client all about my own experience. I think he shares a quote there of a client saying, I saw f- four potential coaches, three of them told me about themselves and their qualifications, and you mentioned neither. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not about you, it's about them. Yeah. And it's all about that chemistry between the two of you. And so then C of stance is about choosing your client. So this is a point you and I've already made around, it's about us being able to work with the client as much as the client being able to work with us. Is there anything you'd want to add on that? No, I think it's apart from to be clear, This is a conscious choice that Mm. not only are they making a commitment, we are making a a conscious commitment to work with your client to help them achieve those goals. So it's a conscious choice. It's not a passive thing. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important actually to to verbalize that, that this is a two-way process and that you need to think very carefully about whether I'm the right coach for you just as much as I need to think about whether or not I'm the right coach for you. Yeah, you do get some clients who are expecting to be done to and it's either they might be expecting that in a positive sense because they think coaching is like training. Yeah. So they're expecting to learn stuff from us and they don't know that that's what coaching isn't about. But the other thing, it could be a negative done to is, well, I've been sent here, you're here to fix me and and we we need to clarify that. And everything else, that's the E in stance. What what does he mean by that? Well, he's really wrapping up that, you know, then you're ready to start doing the coaching. So he just sort of alludes to some of the things you might do when you're coaching a client normally. So you might affirm what's good. You might give some positive feedback around your experience of meeting that person. Um, You might bring a bit of challenge into that conversation. But really, yeah, he's just saying at this point, you've done all the, you know, the key steps. Let's get started. It's a really useful site. It's a really useful acronym. He gives some good stuff there. So anybody who's interested in coaching chemistries, they should go visit his site. I think it's really, really useful. Can I just add in this point, actually, before we go to your, your summary there? One of the things I really like about what he says at this, um, everything else, is he, he talks at the end about getting to the essence. And this is something that always really lands with me. And he says, if at the end of your chemistry session, both you and the client have a deep sense of what they're trying to achieve, so what their objectives are, which we have carefully challenged and honed through our skillful di- dialogue, then, and if we can get that down to about five words, 
then me as their coach and the client will never forget what they're there to achieve. Yeah, that's really strong. Mm. I realize that we've probably messed up a few just really, really simple things like how long should they be? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are they free or chargeable? I've, I've never heard of anybody charging for a chemistry session. Chemistry sessions are always free as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Me too. I certainly, when I set out, the standard was, it was, a, it was an expectation you did a chemistry in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I like an hour. I like an hour. Because I don't think you'd really get to know someone. Maybe 45 minutes would be more efficient. Yeah. But half an hour isn't enough, as far as I'm concerned, to do a real chemistry. No, absolutely. I'd agree. I mean, you can tell. You can tell within five minutes if you don't like someone. <laughs> you know, so you can, people can qualify out a chemistry very quickly. Yeah. But to qualify in, I really want to work with person. We really know what we're going to be doing together and how it's going to work together. I would say minimum 45 minutes. So we're near the end of our podcast. We always end with a few tips. What would your tips be around the chemistry session? Okay, so, I mean, this is a pretty obvious one, given what we've just been talking about, but I would say never work with a coach you haven't had a chemistry session with, and in fact, have two or three chemistry sessions, as we've talked about with with different coaches. It can be quite tricky to know, because you might have two or three different chemistry sessions with different coaches. Sometimes it can be quite hard to choose between them. So what I would say is, after a good chemistry session, you want to feel as if something has shifted, something has transformed, or you're thinking differently in some way, shape, or form as a result of the interaction you've had with that coach and i would give a tip for coaches which is to ensure that your profile really reflects who you are as a coach because that just means it's a it's a preface to the chemistry that people are already getting a sense of who you are as a person from the profile so they don't meet somebody completely different but it's quite easy to do a profile and it doesn't speak the way you speak it doesn't reflect who you really are as a person so that's the tip i would give yeah I like that. And that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. We appreciate any feedback and we're keen to respond to any questions that are out there about using and implementing coaching in organizations. Please do email us on info at thecoachingquestion.com and please do give us a rating on iTunes. It seems to be the only one that really matters. It really helps us spread the word to a wider audience. Bye, everyone. Thank you.